We are now recording and we shall start in three, two, one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dear Society podcast brought to you by members of Stan New York. Stan is a collective project brought to you by students spanning over 11 different schools in New York City, and we aim to build solidarity and encourage mutual support by educating and empowering the youth. The series of podcasts are intended to be an open letter to our community in which we discuss key issues and subjects that we are deeply passionate about. Today's topic is police abolition. Now, my name is Umachan, and my stance on police abolition is that we should definitely redistribute a lot of the funds that go to the police into more different social uh, projects and social issues that affect a lot of a lot of the people in their cities and towns, such as redistribute it to education or to healthcare. And it should be a more communal system where the police isn't the all dealing factor with everything, and we have a bunch of different agencies dealing with a bunch of different stuff. And I'm joined by. I'm Emily, and my stance on police abolition is that in the long term, we should have a more support-based local system um, in which that we don't rely on um, authorities that have been delegated too much power to stop crime. But at the same time, I think that it's unrealistic for us to not have any system of authority in place um, at the moment, but the current system is too broken to be fixed, so we need to tear it down and then rebuild it. Yeah. Hello, my name is Jesus Ramirez, and my stance on police abolition is that we can't exist in a world without police like we need them. But the thing is that we should be defunding some of the stuff they get. Like, there's no reason they should be get, getting riot gear, tear gas, and all this crazy stuff to attack our, like, our own citizens. And also, they shouldn't be getting all these, like, high-technology vehicles when there's people that are, like, dying in the streets because they don't have food, because they don't have a place to live. Like, it makes no sense to me, and that's, that's my stance on it, yeah. Um, I'm Francis. I am pro-abolition. I think that our policing institutions, like including our prison systems, are like inherently corrupt and inherently anti-black and that they like there is no saving for them and that we need to reinvest our money in community care. So those are all great stances. Now I want to dive right into the conversation and talk about how social media has directly influenced uh, the abolition movement as, you know, the with the events with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and all the other names that we chant about. And so what do you all think? How do you think social media has affected the abolition movement? Has it been harmful? Has it been positive? Who wants to talk about it? I can start. So I think that there's a net benefit with social media um, in terms of spreading like the police abolition movement. The movement isn't a new thing, but I think like it's existed for quite some time. But at the same time, like in light of recent events, it has like definitely um, grown in terms of size and also like supporters. And I think that like while it's great that it's spreading this issue and kind of sparking like national conversation, forcing people and state legislatures and also like Congress to discuss these issues and also confront them. At the same time, it also has kind of created a monolith. And I don't know if you guys, any of you guys want to expand on that. Yeah, I agree that like, there was not even like a fraction of like the movement or like the publicity that the abolitionist movement has gotten as it has recently. And like in the same way that like Black Lives Matter has gained a lot more supporters recently. Um, like the police abolition has gained a lot more supporters, but I think social media has framed like a very inconsistent definition of what abolition is or what like reform is like, um, or even like defunding. And that because of that, 
like I'll see people who post like eight can't wait like reform strategies like on their story and then the next day they'll be like call your representatives and like call them to defund the police and then the next day they'll post like abolish the police and like this is a very inconsistent rhetoric and I think like that's what social media is promoting and like because of that these movements are not going to get like the demands that they're asking for like any of the movements because this rhetoric is so inconsistent yeah i agree with you with social media there's a bunch of like posts and like misinformation going around so sometimes it's like different like it's hard to um differentiate your idea and like establish one idea that you're actually going after because like like you said one day you can be going oh defund the police defund the police but then the next you go for abolition thinking that they're the same thing and like that that's a difficulty that's coming up with a lot of other issues with social media because it just makes it hard to like truly like and solidify like the information that you grasp and get for yourself yeah i think you all raised some really interesting points i feel like my stance about social media kind of ties into our next topic that i wanted to talk about which is performative activism and how it has affected the movement because i feel like social media is definitely a huge hub for a lot of performative activism and sometimes performative activism could also have a negative effect on the way we do our activism because it can treat the issue as if you know um something is getting done but not the exact material change that we want to see so i feel like social media has definitely had a lot of impact because a lot of the performative activism about the police abolition movement kind of just makes it look like that you know we're defunding the police or we're getting the abolition that we wanted when it's really just distracting us and making it look like we're participating in this democracy but they're not really listening to us and they're not really changing anything so i feel like social media is definitely great that it brought awareness to this issue and a lot more like millions of more people have like learned about this issue but then again it also has the power to silence it because of all of the performative activism going on so what do you all think about that how do you anyone want to add on to that yeah i agree with some stuff it's like more just oh just saying the statement like defund the police police abolition just saying the statement simply without actually providing any like of your own solutions or like your own critical thinking towards it it's just saying the statement blatantly and not following up on it yeah i mean i agree i definitely think there's a trade-off between like the broader audience that social media has allowed like people who want to share resources to like reach but at the same time, like there's a trade-off between that attention and then the action that it needs to be converted to. So I think that like, it's really hard to find that sweet spot in which you can grab a lot of people's attention at the same time, convert that attention to like some means of making tangible change. I think that like, if we're going against something as big as like the police institution, which is so deep rooted in American society, it feels like even any kind of like tangible change, like signing a petition feels like it's not tangible at all. So that just makes people equate like, for example, signing a petition to just sharing a post because those things like take the same amount of clicks when in reality, it's not the way that we should be measuring like those two things, but to an individual, it feels like that one signature they add or like that $1 they donate isn't actually going to make a difference because of like how big the issue we're facing is. Yeah, I think like, I mean, this has always been a problem that people start adopting or like put the facade of adopting ideas when they're considered like poli like politically correct or like socially correct like now blm is like socially correct when like and i see a bunch of like white girls in my school putting like the blm card in their website bio like on instagram and then like continuously engage in anti-black rhetoric like sing the n-word in like songs and stuff and like like that 
like again like it's not consistent you're not following with like the ideals that you're supposedly preaching and like exactly what emily said that i think with performative activism people think that they're fulfilling their like civic duty um when they repost something rather than like calling their officials or like signing petitions or protesting or do like donating or doing like any like number of things that can tangibly help movements and rather just like saying um like per, like social media is such a cop-out out of like tangible action now and like it like people are using it as an excuse to kind of be lazy and like say that they have supported movements when they really haven't given it like more than two seconds of like their time definitely definitely so moving forward what do we think about the like how about about the idea of police abolition and the ideas of the different sides to the coin of abolition or defunding or like reform how do we think that social media has had an effect on those different definitions and also how they you know relate to each other and you know change the entire topic for everyone who's now learning about it or getting involved with the issue? Um, so I guess like the way I kind of see it is that police abolition has kind of has like three main categories of supporters and I'm like by no means an expert this is just like what I've noticed so far it's that like the first group is I guess the group that would like most be able to like reconcile with like uh, right-leaning conservatives so th these people are like using kind of maximalist ideology I know that's not the right word but like what's farthest from conservative ideology um to basically like make find a way to compromise so by saying like abolish the police which is something that like conservatives would absolutely just completely reject they would try to start that conversation by like finding a way to meet in the middle I think the second group is like these people who believe that the system is currently too broken to be fixed so you have to abolish the police in order to rebuild some kind of form of authority i think the third group is like what police abolition is truly at its core which is that the police are so corrupt as a system that they should just not exist at all i think that like we fall in different places on that spectrum right but the problem is that like social media has made abolish the police encompass all three of these groups which has made like has allowed conservatives to justify saying that like, oh, all liberals and all protesters who support Black Lives Matter and want the police to be abolished, like are anarchists. And like, for example, like Trump tweeting like, oh, law and order in response to like protesters. Like that by no means should be mutually exclusive with people who want to see reform in society and like make it seem better. And I think that like by having social media combine all these like different ideologies into one monolith of police abolition, it allows for like the opposition to basically just group all these people together and refuse to compromise. That's what I've seen so far. Great. Um, I completely agree with you. I feel like um, there are definitely like sects as I guess I, I, I would refer to them within this whole debate, you know, or uh, different ideologies. And I think that social media definitely has the impact that it had where like a lot of the conservative or right-leaning people have, you know, sort of demonized the idea because of like cherry picking of the ideas. Like, sure, abolition doesn't mean defunding and defunding does not mean abolition necessarily. Like, uh, so I think those are all, you know, I completely agree with your ideas and like that. Anybody else have anything to say on this topic? Or? Yeah, um, I think like, well, okay, like I saw a meme the other day um, that was like, liberals be like um abolish the police doesn't actually mean abolishing the police and like 
I feel like that's like very representative of, of like exactly what Emily said like a lot of people who like Emily like I know you're pro rebuilding like systems which means that like yeah like rebuilding means that you're probably not pro like abolition right which means like the literal abolishment of like policing institutions and I think like it's not to say that like everyone has to be pro-abolition or everyone has to be pro-reform or like pro-defunding or anything, but that like we can believe whatever we believe as long as like we constantly employ like this like critical and like consistent thinking. Because if we just like consume what social media says, like is that not antithetical to um, protesting policing institutions? Is that like the whole point of protesting policing institutions is that we are challenging what we have been taught since like we've grown up and like we're challenging this conditioning but if we're in our like movement towards challenging like con like conditioning conditional thinking we're just also consuming what other people are saying like it, it doesn't seem it's like kind of hip like hypocritical and like feel like yeah like people need to it also gives the other like side like people who are pro keeping policing institutions the way they are more reason to like dislike people who want to change policing institutions that like we are we don't it doesn't look good on us to like be this inconsistent and like hypocritical yeah like i said you know before it's because um so a lot of these ideas are just set of statements right and it's, they're just set of statements and that means nothing. Like I could say, oh, police abolition and whatever, and then don't provide any solutions to it. That's the thing where, where like a lot of conservatives and a lot of people against the movement are against. They just use this backing from, well, you're just saying the statement, where's your solution? Where's your, what are you providing for it? And then with that also comes like the mingle of ideas like Emily and Francis were discussing where um, these ideas of being police, anti-police, being police for police abolition and then being for defunding the police and then mixed with each other. And it's just like weird and like strange to differentiate between each other. Yeah, those are all great ideas. Um, do y'all have anything in specific that you want to talk about or add on to regarding this topic, like at all? This is just like a really petty thing, but I feel like character limits have severely limited like my ability to speak out. And I know that like social media platforms can't like control it because they don't want people to be posting like whole essays. Although I do post like whole essays anyways. Um, but like just optically, for example, like if you use Twitter, which I like, I don't, but if you use Twitter and like you see that you have 140 characters, right? And then it's just like, instead of social media doesn't encourage us. What? I actually think Twitter raised their limit. Did they actually? Yeah. Okay, they well, I, mean, I, don't use, I don't use Twitter. <laughs> but um, it's just like, optically, you see that you are being limited as to how much you can say. And then the fact is, like Jesus said, you need to add so much nuance in order to like truly articulate what the problem is and then what you think a viable solution is in order to get your ideas like across effectively. But having that, just like that character limit makes it so hard to add those like, complexities in that you just end up eliminating them and like simplifying it down to the bone of saying like oh defund the police and like you don't have space status solution or like oh abolish the police and like you don't propose like how we should do that or like what the process should look like and I think like that doesn't promote further research or like true understanding at all but like what do you guys think or you guys who use twitter <laughs> what do you guys think I, I agree with you because I feel like just saying like abolish the police kind of is not really effective in the movement. I feel like it was kind of like the 
the Blackout Tuesday where it's like you just said Blackout Tuesday and then it's sort of like solidarity with the movement, but it's also kind of like blocking all the other Black Lives Matter feeds and like all the important messages trying to get out. Or, and then again, like if you just say abolish the police, it's kind of just like you're joining an internet trend at the moment. And then like, as we see, like some of our social medias have been going back to like non-necessarily advocacy social medias because of the events happening like a couple months ago now. So I feel like, you know, I agree with what you said, Emily, and that idea. Yeah, I feel like, like I have been in like, I guess, like quote unquote arguments with people where I'm trying to very, like you, like I'm <laughs> trying to elaborate on like what I said, like very explicitly, like, like, and like covering like a lot of loopholes and like trying to explain myself, but then it ends up being like long messages, right? Because like, this is because these topics are very nuanced and like if you don't hit like all of these different points and like you like your arguments don't make sense or like you need to cover ground and like put disclaimers and like say because it's not like what social media normally is which is like oh like beach pics or whatever like you don't need like an essay to explain why you I mean I guess not in COVID times you might but like um but uh, the point I guess is like a lot of like I think a lot of these topics need to be more nuanced and that we can't keep simplifying them into like these very like these three word sentences and that keep on perpetuating this confusing rhetoric that we consistently post on social media which hurts like all of us I guess and our like movement towards changing police policing institutions yeah I mean like adding on to that I feel like I do want to acknowledge while we're talking about like um, criticizing how a lot of Black Lives Matter um, movements have kind of been like, or ideas have been diminished by like how performative a lot of social media action is. But at the same time, it's so hard to like get us to lengthen our attention spans. I think that like our generation, which this sounds so pretentious, but like our generation, the way we've been raised is like, we have to like look at things fast and like process them fast. And then like, if we don't understand it, just move on to something else because there's something better, like probably behind it, right? And I think that like, while there are a lot of problems with it, I think that we're already like making a lot of progress in the fact that people are willing to read like lengthy posts or like have lengthy discussions in like the comment sections about things that like they don't understand or like helping people understand things that they do understand, right? I think that's already a big step forwards, but it's honestly kind of like depressing to like imagine that in the future, our attention spans are only going to get shorter and it's going to be like hard for us, even if we have good intentions to like continue to pursue like this line of reading a lot, listening, comprehending, even though that's like what's most important to activism at its core. Yeah, I agree with you. Like the importance is of like reading other articles, getting different viewpoints and creating your own critical thinking. That's like what's important about all these other issues, not just police evolution. It's you need to get other resources. You can't just base off your opinion off one Instagram post, one Facebook, one Twitter post, whatever. It's you have to go and read. And that's the problem that does happen in our generation where you read this blank statement about police evolution and then you just base off your whole thinking off of it, which can sometimes like, like I said, it can lead to like people opposing the movement. Right. Uh, I, I, I agree with what you guys have to say, um, for sure. Uh, so 
now that we've talked about like police abolition and the effect it's had and social media, the impact it's had on it and how do we spread the awareness of the movement. And we talked about like how certain forms of advocating for it and not having a plan for it or whatever. But how do we feel about like how certain states have gone with their plans to go through police abolition? Like I know Minnesota, after the events with what happened with George Floyd, they decided to defund their police a little bit, but now they're rolling back on that. You know, what do we think about these kind of movements that are sort of stemming from the the light that social media has brought to the police abolitionist movement? Um, well, I think that like, while there are a lot of people and especially politicians who I think in private agree with a lot of the ideas, like I don't know that much about politics, but in terms of just like looking at a very like non, uh, not nonpartisan, like a very not bipartisan world, like in which politics is like super polarizing, if Democrats like choose to ride the wave of like saying, oh, we're going to defund the police, oh, we're gonna like abolish the police. And those two things are like not the same thing, but I think that in politics, there is like also monolith with these two completely separate ideas. But like for Democrats to kind of ride that wave of like saying that they're gonna do that, especially like rural voters who aren't living in like big cities and don't fully comprehend like what's going on around them because they're not seeing it with, like with their own two eyes, with like their local newspapers reporting on these events. I think like that is only going to support like the conservative movement, especially because right now I think that like a lot of people when thinking about like Trump versus Biden, they see the future as like a little bit bleak, um, especially like the more moderate voters. And then I think like that might be something that will push them over the edge, which is like such a bad thing to think about because defund the police and abolish the police. If you like truly understand what it is at its core, it's a call for like reforming our very corrupt society, which I don't think like anyone would disagree with. Like everyone does want to make society better, but like the fact that there is that monolith means that like people who like, de especially Democrats who are trying to run and change the status quo, they have to be so careful about like these umbrella terms that have like become monoliths in social media. And I think like largely in normal media as well, um, that like it's really hard for them to be able to publicize those ideas while also like supporting the people who are supporting them to begin with. Yeah, for sure. Uh, does anybody else have anything to add at all? What do you guys think about like voting culture right now in terms of like COVID? Because I've had like some conversations with um, like my parents and like their generation and it seems like a lot of them are so reluctant to vote because they're thinking about like, oh, I don't want to choose between like two like net bads, right? And I don't, I'm not trying to like discredit anyone's political opinions, but I think that like a lot of people, their parent generation think that like the future looks pretty bad because like they have two candidates they don't really support for either of them. So what do you guys think about like starting those conversations about like voting when like we ourselves might not have like that power to go out right now? I don't know, like, have you guys had any experiences with that? I don't know. I feel like my personal thoughts on that is that if we truly want to see change in the system, then we need to stop electing people like the current candidates that we have. And, you know, if we want to truly like end the system, we must not partake in the system. Though it might not truly be a demo democracy as it's advertised, you know, as in our votes aren't necessarily always counted with like swing states or traditionally blue or red states. I feel like... I, I don't get mad at people who don't participate in the system because, you know, the system wasn't in their favor and the system put out two candidates like Joe Biden and Donald Trump. So I don't really get 
that's all I have to say about that, you know. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Machan. The system has been, like, corrupt to its core where, like, your votes don't count sometimes. And, like, it's true. Like, here in New York, we're usually a blue state. So if you vote Republican in your district, it's not going to count no matter what. This district is still going to go blue. And with and there's been, like, the whole debate about how in the Electoral College, it's, like, winner takes all. So that's another thing about the system that's corrupt. Okay, like, I'm not, I don't love Biden. I have, like, a lot of issues with, like, stuff Biden has said, especially, like, like his anti-Black policies in the past and, like, current anti, like, things that he say that are anti-Black and his, like, like sexual assault allegations, um, like, like, among many other things. But at the same time, I don't think, like, I think this election, at least a presidential election, is really about voting Trump out and like whether or not Trump stays or not. And like, yeah, Biden sucks, but I, yeah, like maybe he won't be a competent president either, but like at least he won't be this like discriminatory, like racist, sexist, like xenophobic, et cetera, president, even though he, like, yeah, like Biden also embodies like racism, sexism, et cetera. But like Trump has implemented so many policies that have hurt trans folks, like, immigrants like literally undocumented immigrants immigrants at the border black folks like every single population in the country that is more already marginalized has been more marginalized under his administration and i feel like at the end of the day if we i will blame people who don't vote because i don't think we as a country can survive another four years or like under his administration especially with like climate change and his like refusal to do anything about that so yeah like i feel like we do need to turn out and we do need to vote trump out even though i can't i'm not old enough to vote but yeah yeah and with that i also believe that we just have to inform ourselves more about our politicians like midterm elections count so much where it's like the house of representatives and the senate which are the ones that make the laws but a lot of people don't go out to those they just care about the main one the presidential election but disregard completely what happens in the Senate, what happens in the House of Representatives, where it really counts your vote. And people just don't go out for that. They completely ignore it and only count for presidential election, which is, I feel like it's also a major problem. Yeah, like right now, the House, the, for the House, it's still happening. For the House of Representatives, representatives were running. And I saw like some of the elections going on in my own district even. And I was opposing my um, incumbent, which was Grace Mang. And yeah, yeah, and like that, I feel like people need to form about those type of lawmakers too. Well, all right, y'all. I think we had a great discussion about uh, police abolition and had a you know good analysis about how social media impacted it. I like the ending we had. So I want to thank all of our listeners. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to add us on Stand New York and share this podcast with all your friends and family. So maybe they'll learn something new. So thank you so much, everybody, and have a good day.